Welcome back to another episode of Read My Mind Radio. I'm your host and producer, T. Reed. Today I'm speaking with William Greer. He's the director of the Cinema Touching Disability Film Festival. In this episode, we're talking multiple disabilities, disability arts, and marathon running. That's next up, right here on Read My Mind Radio. Let's go. Read my mind. I was riding a bicycle, not wearing a helmet. This is William Greer. And I went in the middle of the street when I shouldn't have. Nothing between me and the pavement. My brain was exposed to uh, light, air, and dirt. And I'm told those are the three worst things that can come in touch with the brain. I was in intensive care for probably three or four weeks. I'm told that there were a couple of times that I was uh, legally dead when I was still in ICU. I took a lot of therapy and patience just to get me out of the hospital and, and back into school. William was only 17 and still in high school at the time of the accident, which caused a traumatic brain injury, TBI. In William's case, the effects include a reduced ability to understand and learn math, Facial paralysis. I have poor short-term memory. My balance is not as good as it used to be. The most dramatic result is the vision loss. In order to return to school, Will would have to adjust. Figured out new ways to take notes. Learned that I had to listen to a book rather than uh, visually read it. Graduated from high school. Got into uh, Kenyon College. And now I'm working full-time. In 2003, unable to find full-time employment... William was volunteering for the Coalition for Texans with Disabilities when he had an idea. Oh, we can raise money and awareness by showing films that have good representation of disability. In 2004, William produced the first film festival known as Cinema Touching Disability. It began as a one-day event. We would pick out films about people who have disabilities. Sometimes they were documentaries, sometimes it was fiction film. It started off with one art form, and it's sort of grown into some others. Among those included were a disability photography competition and a live recreation of a piece of art originally produced in the documentary Getting Up, The Tempt One Story. Diagnosed with Lou Gehrig disease, almost completely paralyzed, a graffiti artist regains his voice through technology that reads the movement of his eyes and enables him to create art and write once again. This year, one of the people who entered my competition is someone from Australia with cerebral palsy and Asperger's and a couple of other disabilities. She plays five musical instruments and writes her own symphony. So I asked her to write an introductory piece for our film festival. And She did that, we got the funds together and brought her over here. So we had her playing music with other musicians and playing music during the intermission. The music you're hearing is the composition that William referred to by the young musician Tilly Jones. As the years progressed, the duration of the festival increased from one day to up to five days one year. 
The festival, like art itself, serves multiple purposes that go beyond entertainment, like representation. We need good representation, non-stereotypical representations, wherever we can get it, whether it's in advertisements, like uh, commercials on TV, or in paper representations, signs, or in the way that um, people with disabilities are treated in restaurants or libraries or movie theaters. When the community as a whole sees positive representations of disability, it can only improve outlook and help people learn more about it. Do you have any favorite films about people with disabilities? Anything that you would recommend? The two best disability films I've ever seen are The Best Years of Our Lives. That was made in 1946. One of the stars of it, Harold Russell, actually lost both of his hands in a, a training accident for World War II. Well, oh, don't, I'll carry it. <laughs> What's the matter, Ma? It's just that your ma's so glad to see you home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Duet for One, which is about a music teacher who has, I think it's multiple sclerosis, so she has to stop playing the violin. I mean, I can still live. I can teach. I can help my husband with his career, be his secretary, advisor, that kind of thing. In fact, the girl he's got working with him now is already helping me. Uh, I'll still try to make my own income, of course, with the teaching, as I've said, and the recordings. Now, that seems like a full life for a healthy person, doesn't it? Now, those are the absolute best. No question about it. My favorites include the crash reel, which is about a snowboarder who has a traumatic brain injury while trying out for the Olympics. It's about his recovery and his desire to get back into competitive snowboarding and his family saying, please don't. How are you? Hey everyone, thanks for all your support. I'm doing better. I still want to snowboard. You actually could die. There's a right-footed, which is about the only armless pilot in the world. I remember that as a child, I always wanted to fly like Superwoman over my playground because I was so angry about how limited I was. There's lots of others that I really like. What's, uh, <laughs> what's on the bottom of your list? <laughs> there are so many of them. I really hated Memento. I guess I've already told you about my condition. Oh, well, only every time I see you. It's my memory. Amnesia. No, 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 no. It's different from that. I have no short-term memory. I know who I am. I, I think that that was myself. a horrible representation of brain injury. Don't like Forrest Gump, obviously. That's all I had to say about that. Oh, Al Pacino was in it. Um, <laughs> Scent of a Woman? So what? Scent of a Woman. I really hated that you film. Your life, would you? What life? I got no life! I'm in the dark here! Do you understand? I'm in the dark! <laughs> William says he himself isn't much of an artist, 
Growing up with horses, he's definitely more of the outdoors type. He cycled over 30 miles at a time. I figure we can assume he's athletic. Yes. I'd run when I was younger. I was on the cross country and track team when I was a freshman in high school, but there were lots of things they didn't teach us, like the importance of stretching, good diet, and running wound up being incredibly painful. So after my freshman year, I just didn't start running again until 2005. And what made you do that? Well, just looking for a good way to stay in shape and keep myself entertained. In terms of sports that you can do on your own, as a visually impaired person, there are aren't really a lot of them and running seemed like the best way to go. A lot of people wouldn't necessarily think that because you're talking about outdoor running. As we know, there are degrees of vision loss. William has some usable vision that enables him to manage independent running under specific circumstances. I can run in a straight line and I see well enough to avoid obstacles. So as long as I'm going on a familiar path, I don't have a problem running. When I'm in marathons, I prefer to run with a sighted guide just so that I don't take a wrong turn. Training with a sighted guide prior to a race is optimal. It allows the two runners to become used to the preferred guiding method. The sighted guide enables me to concentrate on running. William has the guide run in front, providing directions about obstacles and other information like approaching hills and changes in the terrain. Even picking up water or Gatorade from the water stops. Ty, the person who guided me on my first 30-mile and my 50-mile ultramarathon, we ran two or three times together. And I'm glad we did that because an ultra is a heck of a lot different than a marathon. I thought a marathon was 26 miles, and you said a 30-mile and then a 50-mile? A marathon is 26.2 miles. Okay. An ultra is anything longer than that. Most of them are on trails. The trick with an ultra is a slower pace, and most of them are on trail. You've also got to avoid creeks, roots, rocks, holes in the trail. There are times when you have to walk just because the hill is too steep or unsafe going either uphill or downhill. It's not the same as a marathon. In your standard marathon, runners consume water and energy gels. In an ultra, you have to consume more carbohydrates, including food like nuts, bagels, burritos, pretzels, and chips. The body loses a lot of salt, so that needs to be replenished. In an ultramarathon, the runners carry their own water. You've got to be hydrating all of the time. You either carry something like a belt that can hold five or six bottles of water, a backpack that can hold a couple of big bottles of water, or something that they call a camelback, which is just a pouch that you fill with water and you can drink from the whole time. And the ultras, you can stop, refill on water, have a bit of food, maybe stretch a little bit if you need to, and then go on your way. 50 and 100 mile, you're doing that in one day? <laughs> <laughs> with 100 mile, it is one day. Wow. William has 20 marathons under his belt. In fact, since he began tracking his runs, he's logged in over 9,000 miles. We were able to reconstruct it all moment by terrifying moment. In 2013, William ran the Boston Marathon with his guide, NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me host, Peter Sagel. 
just before 2.50 p.m. This is the viewpoint seen by many of the 26,000 marathon runners who are approaching the finish line. We finished five minutes before the first bomb. The course. White smoke blasting into the air. That was luck as much as running skill. Such incidents are rare, but there are risks. Running in his second Austin Marathon without a guide, there was a change in the route, and William was unaware of a natural depression in the street's pavement. Went down about a foot or so. I wound up going head over heels as a result of that. It didn't happen to the other runners because they could see it and avoid it. And that's just one of the things where it hurts a little bit, but you've just got to stand up and start moving again. Sound advice. More than running. If you considered starting your own personal running program, William has some advice for that, too. Buy yourself a good pair of shoes. (laughs) (laughs) If you can, go to a store that specializes in running. You don't have to spend two or three hundred dollars for a good pair of running shoes, especially if you're starting. If you've got the wrong shoes, it's going to be painful. Don't worry about having to run fast. Just run at the speed that you're comfortable with and run on a route that you know. The best piece of advice I've ever heard about running is if it hurts, you're doing it wrong. Just run so that it feels good. I think that might be a foreign concept to a lot of people, but... (laughs) (laughs) The average person who doesn't run, they're like probably saying, why? (laughs) Why why do you do this, man? (laughs) You know, that's... Because I can't imagine not running. There's something about it that really feels good. And makes me feel just incredibly good, right, and centered. It's a bit like an addiction. And I find that I'm always wanting to increase the distance that I'm running, or increase the difficulty of the race, or find a different kind of challenge to add into it. The next marathon I'm going to be in, I'll be running a 10K on Saturday and then a 50K on Sunday. So, yes, a 50K is challenging. Let's make it extra challenging by running a six-mile race the day before it. Yes, you're sore, but it's a soreness that feels good. Have you found anything that can possibly match the feeling that you get from running? You know, yoga? (laughs) Anything else? A good movie? (laughs) William says he gets a lot of fulfillment out of organizing the film festival. But nothing compares to running. In addition to that two-day event, he's planning on running a marathon in December 2019, a 100-mile ultra. The next cinema-touching disability film festival is scheduled for October 25th through the 26th, 2019, in Austin, Texas. For more information, you can visit ctdfilmfest.org. Maybe it didn't sound like it, but I used to run years ago and actually enjoyed it. I never did a marathon, but I can grasp why someone would find it addicting. There's a freedom that comes with running, especially trails. You're forced to be present, dodging fallen trees, stumps, and low-hanging branches, jumping creeks, and just being aware of nature. Being blind or visually impaired 
So much of the daily grind is about people and aspects of society concentrating on what they think you can't do. Running and other such activities can, for some, remind and reinforce a feeling of independence. Athletics and sports provide the opportunity to excel based on strengths while continuing to improve weaknesses. Plus, your progress is measurable, unlike my addiction to chocolate. Big shout out to Mr. William Greer. Special shout out goes to Cheryl Green, who suggested Will to the podcast. Cheryl's a filmmaker who focuses on disability identity, culture, and justice. She's an advocate for accessible media. And you're gonna meet her on the next episode. You too can be a part of this show. You wanna suggest a guest or topic? Comment on an episode? Holla back. We have the comments section on the blog, readmymind.com. The email, readmymindradio at gmail.com. The Read My Mind radio feedback line, where you can leave a voicemail. 570-798-7343. That's 570-798-7343. If you don't want to call, you can grab your smartphone and record a voice memo. Voice and email the finished record. recording to yeah. at gmail.com. If you want to send a message but don't want it shared, just say so. It's all good. If you mainly listen to the podcast via SoundCloud, I'm hoping you'll continue to listen, but I'm going to be moving away from that platform. I've been tolerating the interface in order to avoid the move to a new service. I may decide to keep one or two episodes available, but the best method for staying caught up, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get podcasts. I appreciate you listening. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show via Apple Podcasts. And tell a friend to listen. Tell spread the love, man. And remember, you can always visit readmymind.com. That's R to the E-I-D. Like my last name. Peace.